Good morning, George Watkins. On the job again. Welcome to our daily broadcast. And you are so favorite. You're my favorite. <laughs> oh, my. I uh, sometimes come into the studio with uh, more energy than I need. And what I mean by that is by the time I'm putting my thoughts together, I do, I write, take time to write the uh, notes that I put before the, uh, at the bottom of the program here where you can take a look at them. By the time I do that, I'm, I'm pretty fired up and ready to go. And <clears throat> as we uh, get into our discussion in each of these programs and broadcasts, I'm hearing and seeing things I didn't see before. And then <laughs> the anointing hits, you know, whoa. Okay, well, wake up and let's enjoy the heavenly coffee this morning. <clears throat> We're going to talk about uh, life that reflects heaven. Life that reflects heaven. And in doing so, I just want to remind you of how close you are to God every day. And I want to also remind you and uh, maybe uh, bring it to your attention that often the church doesn't tell you that. Now, when I say the church, it's a general statement. I'm not putting any one thing down, but there's a across the board in the American church, especially, there's a lot of thin theology concerning just how loving and powerfully in love God is with us, how loving he is and how much he works with us and how close he is to us and how he is more anxious in the sense for us, for, for us to come than we are to come into his presence. So be encouraged. And if you've been in and out of church, if you've had a little experience with some of the negative side of approaching God, where you've got the, you know, Old Testament style, if you don't, if you touch the mountain, you'll burn, you know, he'll, he'll send fire on you. No, you need to touch that mountain of God. What I mean by that is the mountain is that place where he dwells. That's referred to as the mountain of God. The tabernacle of the wilderness, for instance, was referred to as the mountain of God because it resembled a mountain from the outside. It looked, had the, had the uh, texture and the sight and the color of a mountain. So when they talk about, let's go up to the mountain of God, in the Old Testament, they were talking about, let's go to the tabernacle. Let's go to the temple and worship God. So just a reminder of that. Lord, drop this in my spirit this morning as I was uh, coming to the studio and getting ready. Concerning life, how it's the short version of a long journey. There is some similarities that are really obvious and a lot of similarities that are not obvious. For instance, the uh, the revelation or understanding we have of heaven is pretty pretty skinny. There's not a lot of biblical or Bible verses, not a lot of insight on what heaven is really going to be like. 
Now it talks about the city that's four square and there'll be, there'll be a uh, business. The, the gates of this city will never uh, close. My father was a great preacher. Uh, and teacher on, on along those lines. And I can still hear some of the descriptions that he would talk about where we would come and go and so forth. Well, that's just a snapshot. But rather than thinking about how heaven is going to be like in that, you know, that mysterious vision we have of what it's going to be, everything from short little you know, small little children angels floating around to us sitting on the on the edge of a cloud plunking a ulalele, you know, for, for a lifetime or for, for eternity. It's all foolishness. I believe heaven is more real than earth. And I believe that there's so many similarities on earth that will be just like heaven. Matthew 6 and 9, the Lord's Prayer says that it should be on earth as it is in heaven. We use that quite a bit in uh, our, our faith life. Lord, it's, there's, there's healing in heaven, bring it to earth. There's peace in heaven, bring it to earth. And I believe we have good credentials to do that scripturally. I believe we can do that and believe for that. Prosperity is in heaven, Lord, let it be on earth. Well, I'm convinced there's <clears throat> that when Jesus came, he opened up a prototype of heaven for us. For instance, he, he um, was the exact image of the Father. So he brought the Father's image to us so we could see and experience and walk with it and watch God operate on earth. Just think about that for a moment. That God's that heaven came to earth through Jesus Christ. Now go back a, a, a few hundred years before that, when uh, God gave the tabernacle design to Moses, and when He did, um, it was the exact duplication, the duplicate of the e, the tabernacle in heaven. All the parts and pieces and all the process was a pattern of heaven's tabernacle on earth so that so that mankind could experience heaven on earth in that minuscule small way well there's so many other ways that heaven is really reflected on earth so when i uh, in, in my notes below i made a comment about <clears throat> about one of my friends, my dad's compadre and fellow pastor, uh, preacher, and uh, said this one time to me when I was a young preacher. He said, uh, this earth is, uh, is uh, eternity's dressing room. Well, I thought that was cool, so I made a note of it, and I, I used it over the years. But there was no way in those young years when I was just starting out and learning about life and God and so many things, could I, could I understand the impact or the power of that statement? This life is eternity's dressing room. Why? Because I believe that God shapes us and forms us and gives us gifts and, and brings our talents to its perfection on this earth 
So when we step through the veil, we're not different in the sense of personality. We won't be different in the sense of um, desire and appetites. In this, you know, there's there's appetites and desires in our in our natural life that are eternally there. They're not going to change. You're not going to be a different person. The scripture says that we will be. We will know as we are known. We'll see someone or know someone. Now. Does that mean that I have a, a shop in heaven with 15 hot rods in it? <laughs> I'm not going there. That's it's it's a dream, but uh, I don't want to make it biblical. Okay, <laughs> just an idea, though, in case God's listening. <laughs> what 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 I'm saying is, I want you to catch a hold of the joy and the and the blessing, and the power and the and the rewards of living this life with God's imprint and the knowledge of his love for us. Life is the preparation for eternity. Obviously, the big preparation, of course, is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. It's also my understanding that Paul was getting our attention when he said that even nature speaks of God. So, there's no one on earth without a witness. Every man or woman that has ever breathed air on earth has had the witness of God. And I go farther, farther to believe that Jesus appears in some form, some way, somehow to every person that's ever come through this earth channel and has given them a witness or an opportunity or an invite. Now, we are seeing and hearing a lot of reports out of, especially it seems like the Middle East is uh, with the Muslim, uh, the Muslim territories where Jesus appears in the middle of, a, uh, of an area where there's not a Christian within a thousand miles and steps into the bedroom or, you know, the front room and speaks to people in their dreams or speaks to people personally. Angels appear and invite them to, to come to Christ. Wow, there's some powerful stuff going on. But the thought today, and I'll just continue it just a little bit further here so that we can just kind of, we can open our spirits to see something bigger than just slugging it out on this old mud ball, hoping that someday we'll get to heaven and someday, somehow, God will have mercy on us. And when we get to heaven, we're just, you know, it's just going to be this, like a Hollywood scene. So many times, you know, everybody's dressed in white and everybody's quiet, walking around on clouds and going here and there with no purpose. I have this idea that the reason that we're being prepared is to take the gospel and take the kingdom and advance what God has done on earth into every place God has ever created. Now, how about that for being weird? <laughs> we have no idea how big this creation is. They are, you know, glimpsing the edges of it now, and it's turned out there's billions, if not trillions, of galaxies out there. On and on. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm 
I'm swinging wild and and and, <laughs> and big today in my thinking. What happens when revelation comes on any thought, thoughts? It, it just it just explodes on you, and then you've got to catch the pieces, meditate upon it, let God begin to put thoughts together and pictures in your spirit, and then you get some scriptural thoughts out of it. You know, out of the scriptures where you see the pattern unfolding before you. But revelation comes outside the box most of the time. If you try to get your revelation by matching up known scriptures that you already have revelation on, all you're going to hear is the preacher that you heard or the teacher or the book you read. You'll just stay in that same pattern. But God comes along in a dream or a, or a, a visitation while you're in prayer or just an idea or a thought, and suddenly you're outside of your your known <laughs> understanding. You say, whoa, come on back in here. What's that? Now, let me just encourage you to believe what you're hearing, not be afraid of deception. Say, well, wait, wait, wait. There's People can get deceived, yes, but I trust the Holy Spirit. I trust the Holy Spirit is a good guide and a safety net. I don't have to have, and not that I haven't, and not that I don't have people around me that, you know, hey, George, what are you doing there, you know? Is that is that crazy or not? Well, that's good. That's a good challenge. You need to be able to answer those questions that people ask of you. The scripture tells us that. We need to be able to <clears throat> respond to people that ask us about the kingdom and how we understand it and see it. But don't start off with doubt when you have a thought. Don't start off with skepticism when you have a thought that is not a common thought to your spiritual journey. Now, back to my my original statement. Life is the short version of a long journey. Life is a preparation for eternity. Eternity is going to be a magnification and an exaltation and an explosion of life, obviously. What we have here is a condensed version. What we have here is learning how to hear the hear the Father, learning how to love the Father, learning how to love one another. And here's the key. When we learn to love, we have completed God's purpose for us. They tell the story, and I believe that uh, Bob Jones told it. One of the times he went to heaven, I think he died a couple of times. And when he got there, God said, did you, did you learn how to love, Bob? Did you learn how to love? Wow. Well, thank you, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit impartation of the of the ability and the gift of love, learning how to love. <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, bless you guys today. This is Wednesday, and we are in the short version of a long journey. Live in life and love in God. Don't forget, do all the things that it takes to impress the internet. 
sign up, you know, and, and uh, thumbs up and sharing and those good things. I appreciate that. Big help to us. I really appreciate those that have sent us a, a gift or a blessing gift through the uh, through the PayPal or the mail below. That's a great blessing to us. It helps keep us going down the road. Amen. Until tomorrow morning, we will see you then. Until then, be sensitive to what you're going through and learning and, and growing here because God's preparing you for the long journey, which is an eternity with God. Isn't that amazing? Until tomorrow, God bless.